Hey, Generation Church, we welcome you and invite you to encounter Jesus with us. We believe that through him, we will encounter love and discover our purpose. So take a seat, lean in, and let this message fortify your faith. So, but I want to introduce someone that is very, very special to my heart. You know, uh, Rocky and Tia are a gift to this church. And... Yep. And God's God's hand is upon them and um specific specifically there's a deposit in Rocky to preach the word and to share his word with those that are lost. And so uh we're just really blessed to have him here in our body. He's family. So I want you all to warmly welcome Mr. Rocky, come on. Man, I appreciate that, guys. Can you hear me? Testing, testing. Testing. Oh, man, it is such an honor to be able to come and preach every time I get the chance to. This really just, um, it really warms my heart. This is something that I love to do. This is something that God has called me to do. And some of you know, I've told you this before, when I get to do this, this is when I feel closest with the Lord. This is when I really feel His presence. And so, before we start, I just want us to all stand and just pray. I just want you to lift your hands, and let's just all pray collectively. Let's, each person, just cry out to to the Lord and just thank Him for who He is. So, Father, I thank You for this day. I thank You that today is Your day, Lord. I thank You that this is Your space. I pray, Father, that You would come mightily and that You would be acknowledged today. I pray that we can see You, Jesus, that we can hear Your voice and that we can see what You're doing. Lord, would You move us? Lord, would You let every heart in this room be softened. Lord, would you allow us to be completely open to receive all that you have. And Father, I say that you just do what you want to do. This is your space. This is your floor. Holy Spirit, do whatever you want to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, we're going to fix this mic. Thank you. Yeah, it's a little... Let's go get closer. Wow, I want to get closer. Oh, I can turn it up myself. Can you? Or no? No, you can't. No? You can't? Okay. All right. Whatever. <laughs> well, I know it's going to be hard for you to pay attention because of these shoes I have on. Um, so I just, I just want to say, just stay focused. I know these are amazing shoes that Matthew has designed. And um, li- listen, t- today's for the Lord, okay? It's, it's Jesus time. So let's get our minds there, Tim. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about the presence of Jesus today. We're going to talk about the title of today is Experiencing God. How do we experience Him more in our daily lives? How do we encounter Him more in our daily lives? There's room that's that he has for us, he, he has a space for us to sit with him every day. We're, we are able to experience Jesus every single day. We are able to experience his joy every single day. And this has been something that has been on my heart for months now, that I've just been seeking the Lord with and asking him, what does this look like? Because the presence of Jesus looks like something. His presence always looks like something. And so I want to, if you would, just turn to Exodus 33. And this is a time when God was telling Moses to go to the promised land. And starting at the beginning, it says, The Lord said to Moses, Get going 
you and the people you brought up from the land of Egypt. Go up to the land I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I told them I will give you this land to your descendants, and I will send an angel before you to drive out the Canaanites, Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Go up to this land that flows with milk and honey, but I will not travel among you, for you are a stubborn and rebellious people. If I did, I would surely destroy you along the way. I'm so glad for that this is not happening today where God's like, if I'm to be with you, you're going to be destroyed. Like, he's like, you guys are messed up. And if I'm going with you, something bad might happen. Thank you, Jesus, that he died on the cross. <laughs> because some of the things, I mean, turning someone into a pillar of salt. Can you imagine a pillar of salt? If you look back, you're going to be, first of all, why is it salt? I don't understand all this, but I'm just going with it. When the people heard these stern words, they went into mourning and stopped wearing their jewelry and fine clothes. Hello? You guys? You know, it's, it's a really serious thing when you know that God's not going with you. Because in the moment when he says, I'm going to leave you, is the moment when you're walking the, the road to death, to eternal death. And I, I, I want to say that every single day, it's important that we seek him. Every single day, it says in Psalm... It's Psalm 105.4. It says, Seek the Lord and the strength He gives. Seek His presence continually. Every single day we should seek His presence. Every single day we should say, Lord, today is Your day. I want You to walk with me. I want You to go before you, before me. Father, would You please be with me in today? One thing that He taught me these, these past few months is He's been sharing Jeremiah 29.13. And it says, When you seek me in prayer and worship you will find me available to you. And this is the big thing. If you seek me with all your heart and soul. That's something that people miss. When you seek me in prayer and worship, you will find me available to you. If you seek me with all your heart and soul, you will find him if you seek him, but with all your heart, with all your soul. And the question is, how much do you want him? Why are you seeking him? Are you seeking him as a duty or are you seeking him out of your heart? This missionary, Roland Baker, he said that a friend of his was talking to Jesus face to face and Jesus told him, the thing is, is that every Christian wants him, but not everyone wants him enough. Every Christian wants Jesus. Everyone around the world who says they're a Christian they want Jesus, but not every single one wants him enough. We say that we love him, but we don't obey him. Jesus said, if you love me, then obey my commands. We say that we want him, but we don't live the life that we're saying. Jesus wants, he wants to come into your world. He wants to come into your room. He wants to come into your everyday life. And he wants to encounter you each and every day. He desires intimacy with each and every one of us. And when you wake up, if you choose to seek him, if you say, Lord, today I choose to seek you because I want you, because I want to find you. You can, all of us here, I believe, have found Jesus, but we can find more of him. We can go deeper into his love. We can go deeper into his joy. We can go deeper into his heart. Never... There's never a moment here on earth where we as people can say we're as close as we can be to Jesus. There's sanctification. We're growing every single day. We're maturing as Christians, and we can move closer and closer to his heart. But again, it looks like something. His presence looks like something. Whatever it is, maybe, maybe one day you, you might wake up and you're seeking him, and his presence might look like joy. See, the reality is he's omnipresent. That means he's everywhere all the time. You heard Holy Spirit come in this room. I mean, the truth is he's already here because he's omnipresent. But the thing is, even though he's everywhere all the time, we don't always know he's there. We don't always feel him. We don't always experience him. 
And there's a reason for that. And I think the prayer should be, Lord, help me to be more aware of you. Help me to be more aware of your presence. Because everywhere you're traveling, whether you're in your car, whether you're at work, whether you're anywhere, his presence is there. And if you're not encountering him, then the prayer should be, Father, I want to be aware of you in this time and space. What do you look like right now? What are you doing right now? And that's when he comes in. We can always step into more of him because he's always here. He's always waiting. He's always ready to embrace us. This is a really hard thing. That's difficult, but something that the Lord has taught me is that it is impossible to be depressed when you are fully aware of the presence of Jesus. When you are fully in his presence. It is impossible, even though, even though we still get, we sometimes we feel stress, sometimes peace is just not there. In his presence fully, when you're fully aware, it's impossible to be stressed. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, it does, obviously. But what I'm saying is, if Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and we're feeling stressed, then how is there space for peace and stress? If we're aware of Him, and we're in His presence, then how is there room for stress? How is there room for depression? He wants us to be connected to Him. He wants us to, to dive into Him. And all the time, when I, when I feel stressed my way, when I, when I feel tension, if I feel anxiety, that's when I stop. And that's where we all need to be in that place. When we're in that moment, we need to stop and we need to say, Lord, I'm stressed right now, and I know that you are the Prince of Peace. Would you bring your peace right now? Help me and pull me into you. Let me be more aware of you, Father. And in that moment, he'll bring peace. So many, I've, I've heard people say that God gives people depression so that to teach them a lesson so that he can use it for his glory. He can use anything for his glory, but he doesn't give you depression. That's bad theology. And you know, when it comes to theology as well, everybody has one. Theology is whatever you think about God. It's whoever you think he is. And I'm telling you now, if you don't have the right thinking of who he is, it's going to hinder your relationship with him. If you believe that God isn't a healer, it will hinder you from experiencing his healing power, from seeing it, from witnessing it, because you'll never pray for it. You'll say, well, he's not healing today. He did back then. And so why would I pray for it? Why would I ask him for it? And it's going to hinder that relationship, and you won't be able to see that part of him. There's so many different parts of him. He's a healer. He is, he is joy. Jesus is joy. And if our theology, if our thinking of him isn't aligned in this word, if we're not seeking him day and night, Joshua 1.8, if we're not going into his word and we don't have a theology based on this, then we are going to be hindered. You know, I saw this the other day. Um, you guys know I mentioned Heidi Baker a lot, of course. But she was saying, what, she, she was asking this question, does a fruit tree ever strive? And the answer is no. What does a fruit tree do? It just stands here like this all the time, waiting. And I'm, I'm telling you now, if you're in a season where you're like, Lord, I know you have this promise for me. I know you're telling me this is going to happen, and you're waiting to see this fruit, and you're waiting to see him move, and you're waiting to see him in your life. All it takes is you standing like this, worshiping him, and saying, Lord, I'm here. You see, good fruit takes time. You don't see fruit just coming from a tree right immediately, right away. It takes time to grow. It takes nourishment. It takes time for that tree to get roots deep down. The Word of God is our root. We're rooted if we know this. Jesus said that in heaven, there's going to be no more sorrow and no more pain. And Jesus prayed, let your kingdom come on earth as, as it is in heaven. Again, what I'm saying, in His presence, 
He wants to bring us peace. He wants to bring us joy. He wants to bring us these things, these fruits of the Spirit, self-control, gentleness, faithfulness. He wants these things, but we have to change the way we think about him. Is he the God of peace? Is he the God of joy? Or is he someone else to you? We need to gain God's trust. One thing that I would say is that he does not give his full trust to just anyone. In Psalm 84, 11, it says, he doesn't withhold good to those who do what's right. He doesn't withhold good to those who do what's right. So if those aren't doing, if, if, if people aren't doing what's right, then there's, there's an amount of goodness that he's withholding from their life. There's an amount of trust. Just like when he says, if you can be faithful in the small things, you can be faithful in the big things. If you can use what I've given you, I will give you more. He does not give his full trust just to anybody. And I've learned that we need to be seeking to gain his trust. He's interested in the heart. Greatest commandment. Most important commandment is to love the Lord with all your heart, all your strength, all your soul, with all your heart. He's interested in the heart. He's not interested in what you're doing. He's interested in where your heart is. He's interested in do you love him? And going back, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. Is your life reflecting loving him? Is your life reflecting his goodness and who he is? He wants to take us deeper. We can always have more of Jesus. We can always experience more of him. The question is always, how come you hear about these things happening in Africa, about the miracle and the power and God doing this and that? The reality is it happens here. We don't hear about it as much. Maybe it doesn't happen as much, but it does happen here. And I believe that, honestly, those things, at least that I've witnessed there, those were happening because every single day I was going out and praying for people and witnessing and telling people about Jesus every single day. There was this, there was this thing of, of there's this cultivation. And if you want to see God move more, then you have to just go out. Let him lead you. Let him guide you. If you want to see his power working in your life, just go out. And don't be afraid to make a mistake. That's where grace comes in. If you fall down, he'll pick you back up. When Peter was walking on the water... And he saw the storm coming, and he came in the water. Jesus was right there to pick him up, even though he fell in the water. Most people see that story as someone who kept their eyes off Jesus. But the reality was, Peter was the only person willing to step out of the boat. Everyone else was afraid. Everyone else was terrified. And Peter said, if it's you, tell me to come. And he stepped out on the water, and he was the only one who had enough courage to step out. And people see that as someone who just took their eyes off Jesus. No, he was right where he wanted to be with Jesus because in the end, Jesus had his hand to pick him up. You see, and look at all the mistakes Peter made. I mean, Jesus called him, Satan, get behind me. Come on. I mean, Jesus told me that I would cry for months. <laughs> i tell you. But in all these mistakes... Jesus, he still had grace, and he still wanted to use him, and you see how powerfully he was used. I remember there's a story one time of um, this last week in um, Africa, the first trip I went, we were sharing all of our testimonies and all of our stories about what had happened to a small amount of people in that area. And I remember there was uh, one of the interns there. She was sharing about what God had did, and she brought one of the people up um, that was listening to us. And she said, I feel like God wants to give you, like what I'm seeing is this ball of fire. And I don't know why, and I don't know what it's for. And this was all being filmed as this was happening. And then she said, well, here you go. Here, so here you go. This is what God wants to give. And this is one of the most wild things I saw is in that moment, she was literally lifted off the ground and thrown back against the room. And then for the next half hour, hour, everyone was just going crazy in the spirit. 
Everyone's having encounters with him. And then when we checked the camera, the camera turned off and it said it overheated. <laughs> you see, God's presence looks like something, but it's always, it can always look different. I don't know why that happened. I know that same person today that received that is now saving hundreds of abandoned babies. And she owns a clinic for people who want to abort their baby. And she's there with them. And she's saved so many. And, and dumpsters in the woods. I mean, it's incredible. And so maybe it was an impartation. I don't know. All I know is that God chose to show up the way he did there. Another thing is when I've, I've shared the story too, is there's a time a couple of years ago when Tia was sick for like a month straight, and we didn't know what was going on. This was like right before COVID started going crazy, so maybe it was. But I remember I was just frustrated and angry with the enemy. And I, I remember getting in my car, leaving her parents' house, and I was saying, Lord, or I, I was talking to the enemy. I was saying, you are not going to get the best of me. And I was so angry and I was so frustrated. And so I turned on worship music and I was seeking the Lord. And as I was driving down the road, I saw this um, older woman walking on the highway. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, I want you to pick her up and give her a ride. She had her, her thumb sticking out as she was walking. I was very hesitant. I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. And then even stronger, the Holy Spirit was like, no, you need to do this. And so I turned around. I picked her up. She got in the car. We started going. And I said, so, so where, where are you going? And she said, well, I'm trying to get to Texas. <laughs> and I was like, well, I can take you as far as I can, but I'm not going to Texas. <laughs> I know the one person I pick up wants to go all the way to Texas. But uh, so eventually, 20 minutes, it was about a 20-minute car ride. And we were heading to um, just a truck stop. Her idea was to find someone, a trucker, who could maybe take her somewhere close to there. And along the way, she was telling me about her, her life and her story, about all the hard things that have been happening. And then I shared with her about Jesus and what he does for us and what his presence do, does for us and how he's provided my life with peace and joy unimaginable and that that joy and peace is available to each and every person. And so she was interested. She kept listening more and more. By the end of the road trip, I just asked her, I said, is this something that you want? And she, the whole trip, she had no emotion, just completely straight face. And she said, this is something I want. And then I said, do you want to give your life to Jesus? And she said, yes, I do. And so we prayed, and she was giving her life to Jesus. And then at the very end of it, she found a ride. And right before she got out of the car, she had this big smile on her face. This is what Jesus does. He, he gives us this joy unspeakable. He gives us this peace unimaginable. And it is life changing every single time. If you go further in Exodus, I think we were at five. For the Lord had told Moses to tell them, you are stubborn people and rebellious people. If I were to travel with you for even a moment, I would destroy you. Remove your jewelry and fine clothes while decide to do what to do with you. So... From the time they left Mount Sinai, the Israelites wore no more jewelry or fine clothes. It was Moses' practice to take the tent of meeting and set it up some distance from the camp. Everyone who wanted to make a request of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. Whenever Moses went out to the tent of meeting, all the people would get up and stand in the entrances of their own tents. They would all watch Moses until he disappeared inside. As he went into the tent, a pillar of cloud would come down and hover at its entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. When the people saw the cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they would stand and bow down in front of their own tents. Inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Afterward, Moses would return to the camp, but the young man who assisted him, Joshua, son of Nun, would remain behind in the tent of meeting. Moses was sent up this, this tent. He was sent up his own secret place with the Lord for him to spend time with him as a friend face-to-face. -face. How many of you want to be face-to-face -to, -face to him as a friend? Come on. Now, what's incredible about today is that his spirit is within us. 
And what's incredible about today is we don't need a tent for his presence to come because his presence is within us. And so each and every day, if you want to experience him and encounter him more, one of the most important things is spending time in the secret place. You and God alone, just you and him. This is corporate is amazing, and it is, is, is very important that we corporately come together and worship the Lord. But it's even more important, I believe, that it's just you and him, because at the end of the day, it's about you and him. At the end of the day, it's about are you loving him with all your heart? And all that comes in the secret place. See, as you spend time with him alone, and you're talking to him, and you're worshiping him, and you're praying... He will reveal things to you, and he'll show things to you, and you'll get to know him more and more. And that opens up doors for his presence to come in more. There's this guy by the name of Blake Healy, who he's um, a pastor at Bethel in Atlanta, and he can see in the Spirit just as clear as we can see each other. And he, he's always been able to do this since the age of three. And he can see like just on demand whenever he wants to. And he was, I read this book of his called The Veil, and he was sharing of how when he would be in a room and he saw people argue, what he would see in the spirit is demons pestering them. And then when he would be in a room of people who worshipped and read the Bible and spent time with the Lord, he would see angels, and it would be like seeds planted in the spirit for more of him to grow, for more of his presence to come. And so I, it's just like when you walk into a house when you know someone's been arguing and you feel that tension. See, any, everything that happens in the physical, there's something happening in the spiritual. All the time, there's something going on. And if we practice spending time with him more, if we seek him more, then we're, we're creating space in our homes where we are for more of his presence to be. It's like when you go in the pastor, Sam and Eliza's home, you know the presence of God is there. You feel that peace. It's because there's a cultivation every single day of his presence being welcomed there to where you're able to be more aware of him. But if you have a household of anger, if you had a, a household of, of strife, and there's nothing but tension all the time, you, are, you sow what you reap, okay? You're planting seeds in the spirit for either more of God or more of the enemy. Pornography. More and more you do that, the more and more it becomes attractive in that space where you are, where you live. Because it grows more and more. That's why if you're rooted more in Him and you keep seeking Him, then it becomes a little bit more easier to keep your eyes on Him and to stay focused and to not be distracted. I've had to definitely cut back a lot of my time on social media recently and with like Netflix and Disney Plus. Not to say it's bad, but it's an easy way for you to lose your attention. I learned what really got me is I learned in a study that they were saying if you spend hours and hours scrolling through social media, it can have permanent damage towards your memory and your attention. And I'm like, no, thank you. <laughs> That's what really made me walk away because I did not want to lose a lot of my attention or memory. When we give up things for him, he comes in greater ways than we could ever imagine. And the enemy always tries. He says, well, maybe you should stay on social media because you can share this verse, you can talk about Jesus, you can do this, you can do that. It's just a strategy because I do that, but then I end up scrolling for hours. The enemy will use the Lord to make you not pay attention to him. He'll find ways. He, he knows the Bible probably better than any of us. He will use the word of God to twist you and turn you away from him. When we have our attention set towards him and our eyes set towards him, he can give us that, that excitement, that joy that social media gives us in that moment. He can, he can give us that, those endorphins. He, he releases the best endorphins more than any social media page ever could. One day Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, take these people up to the promised land, but you haven't told me whom you will send with me. 
You have told me, I know you by name, and I look favorably on you. If it is true that you look favorably on me, see, there's favor. God doesn't give his trust to just anyone. Let me know your ways so that I may understand you more fully and continue to enjoy your favor. And remember that this nation is your very own people. And the Lord replied, I will personally go with you, Moses, and I will give you rest. Everything will be fine with you. Another translation says, my presence will go with you, Moses, and I will give you rest. In his presence, he gives us rest. In the presence of Jesus, there is rest. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Well, then maybe you're not in his presence. Maybe you're not really in him. It's in his presence. He didn't say my church will go before you because you can easily walk into this building if this is what you want to call a church and not feel peace. It's in his presence. You see, when we allow his presence, when we focus on him, his presence more than any other presence, then we're able to walk in rest. Then we're able to walk in peace. And it's something I'm walking in more and more each day. And this is what I'm telling you, that is this what you want? Do you want joy? Do you want peace? Do you want more of this in your life? Then you have to walk in it. You have to let him lead you in these things. And sometimes it takes, there's a saying, living lean. You have to cut off whatever distractions is in your life. What distractions is holding you back from him? No matter how hard it is to get rid of it, what distractions is holding you back? Because in, in, in surrender, he will bring so much more. In surrender, we will hear him so much better. In surrender, we will experience him so much better. Do you want to be overcome by his joy? Do you want for the Spirit of God to just come upon you and just overtake you with peace? Well, then what do you need to cut off? What do you need to lay down? What do you need to surrender? Then Moses said, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. How will anyone know that you look favorably on me, on me and on your people, if you don't go with us? For your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people on earth. If we don't have him, we're just like everyone else. If we don't have him living within us, then there's nothing different and no one would want anything to do with Jesus. It's in his, his presence that attracts other people. It's him that attracts people, not us. He's the one who draws people to him. And if you want to see more of this, then it's got to be him with you, within you. You have to be more aware of him everywhere you go. And you have to say, Lord... I need to be aware of you in my day. I need to be aware of you right now, and I want to see how you're moving. How are you moving right now? Move me, Lord, and choose today to do whatever you want to do. There's this other quote I heard. And this is also with the heart, too. This is talking about the heart. And Roland said this, if you just want Jesus so he can do miracles, that's not love, that's prostitution. If you just want to be intimate with him so that you can see this and that, you are making Jesus your prostitute. You have to want him because you want him. And those things will follow. But I'm telling you, if you want to experience more of him in your life, you have to want him and you have to lay down every other thing. And you have to say, Lord, here I am. I'm sorry. Forgive me, Father, if I've been chasing after the power. If I've been chasing after the miracles. You're the one I want. It's in, it's in those times when you see God break out so much. It's in the times when, when I just lay everything down and I say, Lord, do whatever you want. When I've seen God move so powerfully. Just like when I picked up that woman and I was so uncomfortable. And I didn't want to do 
what the Holy Spirit wanted, but I said, okay, Lord, I'm here. You don't have to feel the best. You don't have to be comfortable. All you have to do is say yes. And if when you say yes, that's when he starts moving in your life. And that's when he can do something. I think that we have to make a choice. In times of temptation, in times when you are on the road and someone cuts you off and you get angry and you are tempted to do something you probably shouldn't, (laughs) it's time to make a choice. There's a time earlier this week and I was in that moment and I was saying, and, I, and I, in that moment, I thought to myself what the Bible says is that God always gives us a way out of every temptation, out of anger, out of all those times when you're like, man, I just want to let this person have it. And so I thought to the Lord, I said, Lord, this is what your word says. All right, I'm here. I want you to help me get out of this. And in that moment, the Lord said, right now you have the power to walk away. But what, I'm, what it's up to now is, what do you want? Do you want me, or do you want to do what your flesh wants? And we have to make a choice. You see, I can't make anyone in this room want Jesus more. I can't make anyone in this room desire him more. That has to come from you. No one can give you this. It's, it's about what you want. Either you want him or you don't. If you walk on this line where you're back and forth between the world and him, your life's not going to go that well, and you're not going to experience more of him like you really could. Even if right now things may not look the way you want it, if you just give it to him, when you surrender even your, your family to him, even your greatest promises to him, he can take care of it because surrendering, the enemy is here to kill, still destroy when you surrender things to God, he will keep them safe and secure. When he's telling you to surrender this, this promise, when he's telling you to surrender this dream, he can keep that safe and he can bring it out when it's time. We have to give it to him. And I cannot make you want this. It's got to be within your own desire. You want more hunger? Seek him. You want to desire him more? Seek him. And... It's about time that we stand up and we seek him with everything we have. It's about time that we tell him who we want. Do you want him? Do you want Jesus in your life? Do you want to see him work more? Then you got to seek him and you got to cut off everything that's not him. You have to, there has to be a pruning so that more fruit can come in your life. Because in this place right now, right here, God can do powerful things and wonderful things but it comes with our desire because he doesn't force himself on anybody who doesn't want him. Where is your desire at? He's not a forceful God. He's not going to force you to do something you don't want. It's about what you want. The Lord replied to Moses, I will indeed do what you have asked, for I look favorably on you, and I know you by name. Moses responded, Then show me your glorious presence. And then the Lord replied, I will make all my goodness pass before you. (laughs) And I will call out my name, Yahweh, before you. For I will show mercy to anyone I choose, and I will show compassion to anyone I choose. But you may not look directly at my face, for no one may see me and live. The Lord continued, Look, stand near me on this rock, as my glorious presence passes by, I will hide you in the crevice of the rock and cover you with my hand until I pass by. Then I'll remove my hand and let you see me from behind, but my face will not be seen. Well, there needs to be a response, just like I said earlier. There needs to be a choice where we need to say, then show me your glorious presence, Lord. I want to see you. He's, asking, do you. he's asking for you to respond in this moment. He's saying, what do you want right now? And I want you to respond. And what you say, I want you to live with for the rest of your life. Because in this moment forward, if you choose him, then you have to go full force with him. Right now, in this moment, see, oh man, there's nothing that's impossible for him. There's nothing that he can't do. And 
going back to theology, if you're sitting here thinking, well, well, I don't want to give everything up to the Lord because to really live in his presence, I have to be poor. That's not true. Come on. Have you ever heard of Solomon? Come on. David, he was a king. Come on. That's not true. The truth is, when we give everything we have to him, there's abundance that comes. There's abundance that flows out of who he is. There's another story of um, Heidi again. At her very first moment, she thought, she thought this way in her journey, that you had to be completely poor. You had to just have absolutely nothing and turn down everything. And then God changed her mind throughout time. And she was on the beach one time. And the Lord told her, I want you to turn towards these houses and pray over them. Well, as she was doing that, and she was praying over these houses and asking God to bless the people who live there, in that time, she made friends with three billionaires. And those three billionaires, I mean, had provided abundantly for their ministry. And you see, when we turn towards what God is calling us to do, there's provision in ways that we can't even imagine. There's, there's amazing testimonies all, there's, there's just on, I can go on days and days about testimonies of how God's provided, testimonies of how God has met people, about how he's encountered people. It's just endless. But the main point of today is give everything to him and let him move in your life. Do you have his trust? Does he really trust you? I want you to ask yourself, Lord, do I have your trust? And if you don't, then you need to ask him, what do I need to do to get it? Because when the favor of God comes upon your life, you get to see him work so amazingly. And you just get to have a good time with him. It's about having fun in his presence. See, the enemy, one of the biggest things the enemy tries to do is take away your joy. Because if he takes away your joy, then he pretty much is one. Because Jesus is joy. Is there anything... Can you think of anything in this room right now that you would want besides joy? Can't say Jesus because he is. We need joy. And it's in him. And there's no one in this room that's exempt. You can all receive more of his joy. You can all receive more of his peace. And I'm telling you, and I really wish I could just like take these words and throw them at you or something. But this is real. This is serious. I mean, what God's doing now, right now, in Africa, there's people being crucified for being Christian. Right now, there's people being beheaded. The stories I've heard, it's, it's unreal. It's crazy. But you know what? I've also heard how those people, for some reason, for some wild reason, they have more joy than you can imagine. And they're so many times I heard they're just laughing in his presence. And they're just enjoying him. They're in a war zone, but they're having fun with God. It doesn't make sense. But he's not a God who is really known for making sense. <laughs> he can be very confusing. But again, all we have to do is say yes. It doesn't matter if you understand or not. You don't have to know everything to know something. All you got to know is a piece. If you know him, that's all, that's all you need. You don't have to know every single piece of him. He gives you more and more, just like a relationship with someone. As you grow, you get to know more about them. You don't know all of them immediately. You have to spend time with them each and every day. You have to get to know them each and every, to know the person each and every day. And then through, through that, he reveals more. If you want to know him more, you have to just spend time with him. It's really simple. So do you want him? Is he the one you want? Is he the one you want to say yes to? When you step into him, he'll give you so much. He will give you way more than you could ever imagine. And he, there's no fear in his love. When his love steps in, he takes away all fear. And if you're fearful today, 
about stepping into him because you're afraid of what it costs, let me just say that he gives double, a hundred times more than you could ever give up. So let's stand. I want to open up this space for anyone who's being tugged by, by the Lord. I want to just tell you and I want to let you know that he has something for each and every one of us. And he wants us to experience more of him. And to experience more of his presence is all about saying yes to him. It's all about spending time in the secret place. And it's all about just being aware of him because he's here he's right now he's right he's here right now in this space so if you are saying man i haven't experienced god like i've wanted to if you're saying man i've been stressed out beyond belief if you're saying man i've had this depression thing going i'm telling you right now you're not in his presence I'm telling you right now, you're not fully aware of him because that's not who he is. And he has more for you. And he wants for you to have a better life. He desires good things for you. He doesn't desire bad things for you. He doesn't desire this depression thing for you. He doesn't desire this thing that's holding you. He wants freedom for you. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. His spirit is right here, right now. And right here, right now, you can have freedom. That is the truth. So if this is you and you want this, I just say, just step forward and let us pray. If this is you and stress has been over, just overtaking you and you feel like you need to experience his presence right now in a tangible way where you know who he is, I want you to step forward and I want you to receive prayer. And prayer team, as people come up, would you just pray for them? So just spend time with him. And if you want to just play for a little bit, as, as he's playing, just spend time with him in this place first for a minute or two and just ask him to reveal himself to you and ask him and say, Lord, I want to be more aware of you. Say, Lord, I want to just know what you're doing right now. I know that you're here. I know that you're with me. Bring more awareness in my life, in my heart. Wherever you are, just talk to him. Just spend time with him. If you're restless, he's bringing peace. He's got it ready for you. He's ready to release it. If you need joy, he's ready to release it. He's ready. Lord Jesus, I just thank you for this day. And I pray that we can all be more aware of your presence. And I just respond to you, Lord. And I say, show us your presence. Show us your glorious presence, just like Moses did. And I ask that you would release this, this fire within our hearts, this, this thing within us that just overwhelms us with your love. I pray, Father, that we can spend more time with you and that we can give you the attention that you deserve. I forgive. I ask for forgiveness, Lord, for getting distracted. And I ask that you would just bring your peace, bring your love, bring your joy right now and just come upon us, Father. We are here. We are your children. You are the one that we want. You are the one that we need, Father. And nothing else matters. Whatever, it doesn't matter what anyone thinks. It doesn't matter what any, anyone's opinion. All that matters is what you think. Your thoughts for us is more than the grains of sand on this on this earth, so I pray, Father, that you would speak those thoughts to us and you would tell us what you think of us. I pray for more confidence in this room. Let confidence fall on each person. I pray for more boldness in this room. I pray for freedom to come in this room. And I pray that you would speak to us now about what we should surrender. If we have not surrendered I ask, what do we need to surrender? Speak to us now, Father. What do we need to lay down to experience more of you? What is hindering us from experiencing more of you, Lord? In Jesus' name.
You know, when we, when Liza and I moved up here to start the church, uh, the, we started the church in our house. And I remember I was upstairs one evening and I was crying out to the Lord because I said, Lord, I, I just need you to help me figure out how, how to um, build the office, get the administration and all the details taken care of. And I really was praying into an area where it wasn't really my strength to set up the structure or the office of the church. And um, Eliza was spending time praying with a dear friend. And uh, this intercessor has been interceding for us for many, many years. And she shared with her that um, she said, does Sam have a prayer request? And so I, I said, yes, tell, tell Cecile that I need the Lord's help to build the office. And then she felt impressed from the Lord uh, to share something with me. And the Lord says, I don't want you to build an office. I want you to build an altar of my presence. I want you to build an altar for me where my presence will dwell. Martha thought she was doing the right thing in, in making a meal for Jesus. She thought she was doing the right thing. But actually, what he wanted was what Mary was doing, and that was to sit at his feet and just be in his presence and minister to him. And it could be that some of you here are doing good things. There's some good things that you're doing, but it might not be the right thing. And we got to realize that the very thing that he wants is for his children to rest in his presence and to know that they're loved and to know that they're just adored by the Father. So I want you to ask yourself, am I doing the right thing right now in my life? Because if you're not cultivating the presence of Jesus in your life, then you maybe are not hitting the mark and you need to turn. And you need to turn to him and say, Lord Jesus, forgive me. I want to come into your arms right now and be with you and to embrace you and to love you. So ask the Holy Spirit now. Number one, am I experiencing the presence of Jesus? And if I'm not, what am I doing that's actually second best? It's not first. And if you're not doing the best, I want you to respond to that and get back into his presence and be enveloped in his love. So if you need to be touched, if you need to respond, if you need to come in to Jesus, come forward and get prayer. This is a time for us to encounter love. You know, we, we gather together corporately to experience the almighty God who loves us with an everlasting love. If we walk away not feeling loved, then what good is it? We're to encounter love here. So I want you to come forward and just be touched.